Supply chain heroes need more real-time business intelligence. Thumbs up. All supply chain heroes should support Manchester City. Definitely a thumbs up. We need more collaboration and partnerships in supply chain. Thumbs up, of course. Welcome to the Supply Chain Tech Podcast with Romby. Scott Mee is here, Global Field Marketing Manager at Romby, and one of the hosts of the Supply Chain Tech Podcast. We thank you for joining us today. In this episode, we speak with Paolo Echeverri. Paolo is the Senior Production Planning Manager and Control Technical Operations at Etihad Airlines. In this episode, we discuss Etihad Airlines' journey with Romby. We find out how they are preventing the loss and cost leakage of their flyaway kits, a common challenge in the airline industry. And we also learn where else they are now looking to scale real-time business intelligence in their supply chain to deal with other challenges. Welcome, Paolo. Uh, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good, good, Scott. Thank you. Thanks for watching. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to have you on and really interesting to learn more about um, the use case you have with Roambi and really uh, understand, you know, what the challenges were overcoming. And but first of all, I always like to start with a bit of an icebreaker to learn a bit more about our guests. And, um, you know, when I was learning a lot about your background, it was, you know, you you look, you know, you're very focused on aviation. I can clearly see that through, you know, through your education, your career history. You're very, you know, it seems like you knew what you wanted to do early. So I'm interested to know what this answer is, is um, if you had another job in supply chain, what would it be and why? Uh, well, yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. Actually, um, I'm, I'm very being, being part of an airline, number one, and, and number two, looking after elements of supply chain. I think digitization in supply chain, mm. something related to innovation and digitization of the supply chain, I would say, because, uh, uh, again, coming up with Rombi and other solutions in the market at the moment where we're able to get real-time information, it just makes a big difference. Uh, whether it's saving time or increasing productivity, uh, definitely it was something I would like to invest my time on is that solution to the future or anything related to innovation, digitization of supply chain. Understood. So in the innovation sector, that's that's really interesting definitely. to see. And it's, yeah, it, it's forever evolving and something that's, that's what I absolutely love working within that side of the industry is it's always evolving. You're always having to learn and see what's moving and it's a really exciting space to be in, but one you also have to keep up with. So it's, uh, it's an interesting insight into, into where you'd be if you, if you weren't here today um, in your role. Um, I'd love to first, before we get into the, the meat of the, uh, the podcast, I'd love to first learn a bit more about Etihad Airlines. So I would love to know what is it that makes Etihad and your supply chain different to others in the industry? Okay, well, uh, Etihad is, um, as you might know, uh, we're one of the uh, top airlines in the world. We uh, we're, we are the national airline of the UAE, and we're based on the capital Abu Dhabi. So we are part of that ecosystem uh, that supports tourism and the economy. So the airline has a big responsibility on making sure that other industries besides the airline um, are also supported around. So we, we bring cargo, we bring passengers, we support the hotel industry, the local economy. So if you look at it from an end-to-end supply chain, um, you know, working for the airline, uh, it's a big responsibility because uh, 
a lot of airlines just focus on flying passengers from A to B. Uh, Etihad Airways takes more than that. Um, it's more about what do we contribute to the country, to the economy, uh, and to the entire ecosystem of Abu Dhabi and the UAE itself. So what would make this different to others is that other airlines are just airlines. Um, they're just focusing on flying passengers, like I said, uh, from A to B, being on time. But for us, it's more than that. Uh, it's ensuring that even if we carry cargo um, uh, or any other um, um, items, is that we are delivering things for uh, a bigger objective. Uh, it's not a, just about dropping a part or dropping a passenger, that eventually the end result is bad as a consequence, whether it's positive or negative. So uh, understanding that supply chain needs to work perfectly uh, is one of the main responsibilities of this airline. So that's what we take a lot of pride on. Well, it's really interesting to see how, you know, you define Etihad as, as, you know, different within the industry. And I always love to, you know, learn that unique quality about a company and to understand how they stand out. And, you know, and it really seems that Etihad, you know, focuses on that quality to a high standard. And that supply chain is, you know, it keeps the wheels running uh, to say, you know, it keeps the wheels running. So it, it's going to be interesting now to learn really in the detail of your supply chain and how it works in Etihad. So I would love to know, you know, I'm familiar with the challenges that you were facing before um, taking on real-time business intelligence, but for the audience, listeners, um, watchers, I would love to know what, what were the challenges that you, you faced before adopting real-time business intelligence? Yeah, well, uh, an excellent question. And I think pretty, pretty much a lot of industries are suffering the same, those that have not gone into digitalization innovation is that we used to work with Excel sheets and manual reports um, and us being an airline that flies at 24 seven all over the world. Um, we, most of the things that we do as an airline is support our own aircraft. So we, we bring spares for our aircraft to maintain the fleet as well. So besides passengers and besides cargo, we, uh, we move uh, spares for the aircraft. Um, we fly to a lot of the places around the world where there's not much technical support, you know, very remote areas. So on board our aircraft, we carry spares to uh, ensure that in case something happens to the aircraft, we have something you know to back it up with. Um, so that that's important because uh, the cost the cost of not having technology is much more and even greater than waiting for something to happen and then realize that someone made a mistake on an Excel sheet or a report to say I sent this on board the aircraft and in fact it wasn't even there; it was used somewhere else. And and that having that on time information makes a big difference. Absolutely, and it must you know there must be just so much um, maintenance material that you need as well. You know the, the vast variation of planes that you're operating with, and even just the vast knowledge that you need to be able to you know deal with individual planes and the mechanics of it. That must be quite challenging as well, just having the amount of resource. And, and I know even that's something I didn't think of when I was, you know, learning more was like just even making sure that the, en the engineer has a visa if they were to be left at the destination. I was like, I didn't even think about that. Like it, 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 it gets really complex when you get into the detail of it. And it can be, yeah, it's a lot to think about. Yeah, and Scott, it's not really, and sometimes it's not about the volume of parts, but the value of those spares. So um, aircraft parts are, are very expensive, uh, number one, because of the design. Uh, you know, anything that you put on an aircraft has to have certification. So normally, you know, uh, one screw can be just $100. So you might think of it 
if you see it on the street on the, on the floor, you, it's something that you might kick around and get it off, you know, of your foot. But you know, we, we talk about screws on an airplane could be just a hundred dollars each, or aircraft uh, computers that could be a million dollars. These are the things that we fly on board. So sometimes it's not about the volume; it's about the value of the spares that we carry. Wow, so very high value items as well. So yeah, yeah absolutely another challenge on on why they would be. Um... Uh, interest in, in moving forward real-time intelligence. And um, I'd love to know, before we do get into that piece, is how were you dealing with those challenges before you adopted real-time business intelligence? Well, it, it did require a lot of manual work, like I said. So uh, on, on a daily basis, we, we our teams have to meet um, very frequently just to give updates on you know the status of affairs that are being moved around all over the world on, on different aircraft as well. And sharing reports frequently and continuously, and depending on that, someone else's report was correct, of course. Uh, but it required a lot of manual work. It was the updating of the Excel sheets, for example, and then having to meet frequently with someone. So taking time away from from a busy office day just to have an update on something that was happening, uh, and and that's where you know the value is also you know productivity at work. Uh, a lot of manual, uh, a lot of time wasted. Just to get updated reports or even inaccurate reports. Yeah, a, a lot of manual work, and we see that a lot as well. I, ourselves, we see that a lot, and it's it's interesting to see you know the differences can make. And I'd love to know what was your approach to increasing your supply chain visibility for MB. Um, I know you know you've tried different sensors. What was your approach to um, increasing your visibility in your supply chain? Well, we, we were looking for a different solution, but the, the solution was um, that we wanted something uh, that could do two things in, at the same time. So, uh, for example, we were looking at the time for uh, tracking our spares, so GPS trackers work, right? But besides that, we wanted to get real-time information on certain things. Um, now, when you fly spares in an aircraft, anything that goes inside the cargo, uh, it could be temperature sensitive. So for us, you know, when we fly cargo, we fly airplane spares on board. Yeah, the temperature of the cargo might might, might affect the spare. You know, when you store an item, uh, we know. Remember, if you buy a computer, so it's not stored in, in high heat, right? You can't leave your laptop in your car. It's 40 degrees outside because it gets damaged. So besides tracking parts, we also wanted to know uh, certain elements of how the item is being stored. We're looking for a solution that could give us both things at the same time. So. I mean, we searched the market um, and everyone, you know, they offer different things, but it was uh, finally came to the solution that would, that will offer uh, not just the visibility in real time, the location, but also reporting that, you know, at, at any point in time, I could get a report uh, for the last 30 days where, where things moved around. So in a way, with, with the solution that we found, with Romby, we were basically set of two things that we're looking for. We ended up with and that's basically how we came up with the solution. Yeah, and it's interesting to see you say that you weren't just looking for the sensors to give us that intelligence. You were actually looking for the platform that that plugs into. And again, that it's such an important piece and something you know we've put a lot of time into in <clears throat> making sense of that data. Otherwise, 
you end up back in your same position with the Excel spreadsheet because you're just going to have thousands and millions of lines of um, all sorts of alerts. And, and, you know, a lot of these alerts aren't actually of interest. And a lot of these alerts it needs you need to make sense of and understand, okay, well, what does that mean? Why did that temperature excursion happen? Or why you can get a lot more sense from doing a lot of work with the AI with bringing that data together. And um, that's wonderful to hear that you, you were looking at that piece as well, because, you know, people would tend to sometimes go just for the census and realize they need that piece at a later date. And it's just, you know, makes the whole uh, thing a lot exactly. harder. Um, I, I'd love to know then, what, what is it that your benefits you are now achieving that you were not before now you've adopted this? So yeah, going back to the same thing, uh, what what increase what we received out of this as a as a as a result, basically we removed we remove the the wasted time that we were spending tracking fares and understanding what were they doing in real time because we were able to set the system to tell us when it moved inside the aircraft, it will know, or or if it left a certain area, it will trigger alerts. So. All, all those issues were basically solved by having a solution that will give us real-time information because we were able to based on our needs. So, uh, you know, a lot of times you buy products that are, you know, one size fits all, right? It's not your product, this is how it works, uh, but not everyone works the same way. They're, you know, so the, the solution was able to give us that we were able to configure it based on our needs. Put the trigger points that we were able, we wanted to know when does it report, at what time, how many times per day, uh, and that obviously our productivity basically increased by 90%. We were able to eliminate manual reports. Um, and the best thing out of the most, I can use it on my on my mobile phone. So anytime, instead of logging into my uh, computer at work, I was able even from my time off, my days off, if I needed to know anything urgent, I would just log into my phone and, and, and look for the status without having to call anyone else. That's fantastic to hear. And, and yeah, just a simple thing like that, thinking that it had been loaded onto the plane and now you can actually verify that. And, I, and I'm guessing it's also, you know, helped a lot with retrieving um, it also, because I know there's a, there's a lot of cases sometimes where it's actually left at the destination. Has it helped with that as well, you know, retrieving? Yeah, uh, actually, we, it, it was funny because during COVID-19, um, you know, a lot of airports were locked down, you know, around the world. So uh, I think during, during those times, the solution had just, we had just adopted the solution. And part of our business case to adopt the solution was, this can help us prevent uh, the loss of spares, right? Um, we thought you know, it might happen, it might not happen. Well, funny thing is, uh, around uh, in 2020, uh, beginning of 2022, uh, we had an aircraft, I believe in India, where um, we sent some spares uh, to fix an aircraft there. And um, well, what happens is uh, the, the, the ground handling people took this container put in an area of the airport and completely forgot about it. So our aircraft eventually came back to our uh, home base, but we couldn't find the spares. Uh, well, funny thing is no problem. We logged into the system and we found exactly where it was. It was the, by mistake they sent it to a wrong, uh, a wrong warehouse inside uh, an airport in India. Uh, the container was basically confused with another baggage container, even though it had labels and everything, but we were able to tell the uh, our representative in India and the specific location, send the GPS coordinates, go look for it. And within two hours, we had them, we have it. Uh, the values inside this container were over $2 million worth of uh, spares. So uh, in the meantime, I show my boss, look, we yeah. found it less than two hours. This would have never happened 
people want to have it like this. That's, you know, that for me, when I hear lines like that, that really hits at home for why, you know, um, you know, I, I work within a company like Romby because, you know, $2 million, you know, without that, you know, it would take much more time to find it, maybe never found, you know, uh, and that's, that's a lot of money to, to be lost. Yeah. So that's, um, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, quite uh, um, a good thing to overcome. Yeah. Uh, and how how has this evolution in the company um, changed your thinking and strategy when you now think about your supply chain for the future? Yeah, well, I, I think supply chain was never as important as it is today. And maybe given to the point that maybe COVID-19, uh, the pandemic was more of a, an element of that where it made people realize how important your supply chain is. Uh, a lot of it, uh, people just thought, oh, supply chain, just moving parts, moving cargo around from A to B. But now that we're seeing the effects of the pandemic, you know, understanding where your spares are going, why are they delayed? It makes a big difference for any business today, even today, even it's been so long since we uh, came out of COVID. But the effects of COVID are still being felt all over the world. But at least giving us the confidence that we can always see where our spares are going and where they are. Uh, the ones that we're tracking with the solution, uh, it gives us the comfort that we don't really have to worry too much. Absolutely. And how are you now looking with, you know, now you've sold, you know, or very much you've, you've dealt with those, uh, those challenges that you are facing. How are you now looking to um, scale that real-time business intelligence to deal with maybe other challenges within your supply chain you're, you're aware of? Yeah, actually, it's as, as, as good because we 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 started this as a very small project, right? We and, and all during COVID, at the very beginning of COVID, uh, it, it started as a very small project. Um, we were trying to prove the point that we use this, you know, small solution that is basically invaluable compared to what you're carrying on board. Um, anyway, the case went through, and we started really small. But as as we were coming out of COVID, we found that there were we had already a lot of good cases where we are able to prove that the solution works. So now instead of uh, just uh, tracking our spares on board the aircraft, we've now used the solution to even track our ground equipment. Um, so we, we use a lot of equipment to move uh, engines on the ground. Uh, they don't leave the airport, but sometimes our engineers and technicians, they're looking for a high lift equipment. And imagine the size of an airport, a mega hub. Mm. Um, if you only have, let's say, four high lift equipment, they can be all over the airport. and then. You going to spend time looking for you know one so we've now using solutions the solution to even track some of our expensive equipment the critical one and now everyone is able to log in when they come into the shift if in particular they have a task plan at work where they need the equipment they know where it is uh so that is now expanded outside of the interface um using it for our GDC. That, that's really interesting to hear how, you know, you've evolved that to, to look at other challenges um, and absolutely, you know, airports there, they're no small places. They, they are very large and, you know, there's, there's a lot of places where items and equipment can be hiding. And um, I'd love to ask an additional question on that. Now I'm thinking about it is how is, you know, um, when, you know, companies are looking to invest in this, you know, this sort of technology and the solution, one of their worries can be, uh, can be, Yes, at top level, this is great. I can see the visibility. I know everything is, but 
the people on the ground, the people on the ground who have done the same thing as they've always done, the way they've operated, now suddenly have this app, now suddenly have, and they have to, you know, get their head around that, understand how, what, how have you found that uh, evolution in the network? Well, yeah, excellent question, because it's very true. Um, I mean, uh, my airline, my organization has gone through a major expedition strategy for the last four years, and the culture is one of the most difficult things to change because they might get used to those Excel sheets and they find them completely acceptable. But when we talk about change, we talk about the business of the change. So whenever we introduce any change related to digitization, we tell what is the case for change? So we need to sell it. How do we sell it to the end users? Um, so anything that we do related to innovation digitization, we, we build a case for it. So we take examples of things that, hey, you might be doing this today, but imagine, if we do this, and now you don't have to do any of that. Mm. So we, we tend to, so for everything that we do, we run workshops with end users and, and even the examples. Uh, we put them together in a room and says, what are the what are the issues that you face today, for example? And they explain, you know, what are the issues, the thing that the time they spend. And with that information, we build a case. Hey, we have a solution uh, and it, it will do all this for you. And you don't have to do any of this. Instead, you can focus on something else. So this is when they're able to actually see that, oh, that's, this is interesting, because if not, you just buy another piece of equipment and they really use it, maybe not. And this is something that happens very frequently, uh, where companies spend a lot of money, uh, and this is the case for even us, where if you don't have an approach to digitization, how are you going to sell it, build the case for it so that you can convince the end users to use it, it's not gonna work. So there, that approach needs to be there. It needs to be a strategy every time you bring change. Like you said, it's building the case. Uh, I, that piece there for me is the biggest learning already in this episode. I think that's something I, you know, see a lot of companies don't factor in as much and um, don't take that as much into consideration of how valuable that is. You know, this technology, you know, we know it's, you know, we know that, you know, that's going to deal with the challenge, but the reality is, um, if the boots on the ground, you know, don't understand or aren't on board, then it's not going to get used. You know, it's not yeah, going to get used, it's not going to get implemented correctly. And, you know, it, so it, it, it's so nice to see, again, Etihad valuing that. And I love how you bring them in and make them part of that journey rather than just sort of coming and say, right, this is now the change. And I think really we, we've answered the next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just in case you want to throw something else in there is, um, what, what would your advice be to to other companies in in the industry facing similar challenges to yourself to Etihad Airlines, uh, who are thinking about investing in real time business intelligence? Yeah, well, um, yeah, uh, great question. I um, I always go for the uh, for the 2080, 2080 advice. Where do you spend twenty percent that it can deliver eighty percent? So um, yeah, a lot of businesses, especially your smaller business, you know, with tight budgets, they focus on the one time cost, but tend to forget what is the cost of not having that, you know? Um, and I understand there might be solutions that are extremely expensive that will make someone think, well, maybe can we live with it? But you always gotta look at where do I spend 20 to give me 80? And that's always the best approach for, especially for those companies that are, you know, lean and and, and low budget uh, that are trying to get, you know, a big advantage of something very small. And this is a perfect example because Compared to what we carry and the value of things, what we're spending is peanuts. And it might be a one-time investment that is, you know, even though it's small for such a big airline, but if you were a small airline or a small company, again, is you always got to think of what will be the cause of not having it you know, in, in the long term. So we need to start thinking it's, it's, it's ahead and in the future is uh, either your ROI 
or or the value of the you know but it's because um, being something small but the, uh, the benefit of having it is huge Absolutely. I love that 8 to 20 rule as well. That's a really good way of visualizing um, really where you need to focus your attention on really the value you can gain back. So thank you so much, Paolo. That's a really interesting answer. And I think a lot to take away from um, for, for everyone else in the industry and even other industries um, looking to explore this solution. Um, I would love to finish the episode with a fun segment we like to do. It's a, it's a thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, <clears throat> it's very simple. It's just if you agree with it, it's a thumbs up. And if you don't agree, it's a thumbs down. And if you could both put your hand up, thumbs up, thumbs down, and also audibly say it, thumbs up, thumbs down, and that will allow both okay. the watchers and the audio listeners to, to know what your answer was to the question. And there may be some funny ones in there, uh, and there may be okay. some hard to answer so uh, we'll see uh we'll see where we go with this um and if i say supply chain heroes i mean everyone who works in supply chain so uh so it'd be six fire questions so um supply chain heroes need more real-time business intelligence thumbs up all supply chain heroes should support manchester city definitely a thumbs up Controversial one. Um, supply chain heroes need to become better at predicting disruption and risk. A key element in supply chain prediction. So definitely thumbs up. Um, all flight delays are caused by supply chain. There we go. Uh, it's actually not true. Not true. But when it does, it gets very expensive when you realize <laughs> that your supply chain failed. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So our first thumbs so that down. Could be both. That, that could be a thumbs up and thumbs down, but a bit of a If it is definitely not, all, yeah. Um, uh, companies need to become more sustainable. Definitely a thumbs up. Definitely a thumbs up. I mean, that, 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 that's key, and especially for the future. And you know, you know, the the the, the point of stop stop printing and wasting uh, valuable resources. Uh, it's, again, sustainability is not just about you know paper or, or or CO2. It's about saving other resources as well. You know how to be lean and, and more effective. At the end of the day, you, you save in some way or another. But uh, being sustainable definitely supply chain will be a big element. Absolutely. And final one is we need to we need more collaboration and partnerships in supply chain. Definitely, and that's been. Um, uh, Thumbs up, of course. Um, it's been one of the key elements for my organization. The the way we collaborate and partner with, you know, you just don't see it, even if you see another airline, they're not always competition, you know. Uh, on a commercial side of business, yes, there are competitions, but as an organization, uh, as a supply chain to supply chain or business to business, uh, there needs to be more collaboration. And, and this is happening all over the world when we realize that besides having a commercial agreement or, or, or competition in some way or another, being able to collaborate for, for an end result of something greater than that is much more important. Absolutely. That's a wonderful way to finish off the episode. And I thank you so much, Paolo. It's been a very interesting episode. And I feel we've dived into a lot and learned a lot. So I know the audience are going to love this one. If we could just finish off the episode with a little wave to the camera. and, uh, and Thank yeah. you, everyone. Thanks for having me, Scott. Thanks for joining us this time. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Supply Chain Tech Podcast with Roby. If you'd like to support us and invest in yourself while you're at it, visit roby.com. 
You'll find blogs, eBooks, case studies, webinar discussions, digital solutions, and a bunch of other helpful resources about supply chain visibility and the related technologies. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time.